Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Wondering where to start? Do you have questions about mortgage and real estate and need honest, accurate answers? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Educated Home Buyer with expert real estate broker, Jeb Smith, and certified mortgage consultant, Josh Lewis, where we discuss everything you need to know to buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership. We're always getting questions around mortgage insurance. What is mortgage insurance? If I have it, how do I get rid of it? How do I lower the cost of mortgage insurance? Can I shop it around? Well, Josh and I have your back. We're going to spend today's episode and talk in detail about mortgage insurance. Let's call it mortgage insurance 101. Give you everything you really need to know about mortgage insurance when getting a loan to buy a home so that, again, you're the educated home buyer. Josh, let's start today. Really simple definition. What is mortgage insurance? It is insurance that you pay for one way or the other, and we'll go through all the ways that you can potentially pay for it, that protects the lender in the event that you default. And you say protects them against what? Historically, before mortgage insurance, you needed to put at least 20% down, and that gives a cushion. First of all, some skin in the game for you, but also a cushion for the lender. If you stop making your payments, interest is going to accrue. There's going to be penalties in addition to the interest. They're going to have legal fees to try and foreclose on the property and get possession of the property so they can sell it and get their money back. So all of that is to say Standard & Poor's has a number that they say a lender on average will pay 26% of the value of the loan to complete the foreclosure process. So what does mortgage insurance do when you don't have the 20% to make the lender comfortable with taking that risk? They're going to come in and insure the difference between the 3%, 5%, 10% that you're going to put down so that the lender has a comfort level there that they will make the loan and that they will come close to being made whole in the rare chance that you should default on the loan. Okay. So let's start really early on here and ask the question, is it only required on loans when you're putting less than 20% down? I can't think of any situation where a lender requires it uh, with more than 20% down. I do have a bank that is a jumbo lender that they will require it up to 25%, but they pay for it. So a totally different thing, but that's really the only situation where I can consider uh, of a lender that I know that requires it. In all practical purposes, borrower facing, never seen a situation where a borrower putting 20% down has to pay for mortgage insurance. And also something to understand, I think very early on in this episode is if you're putting less than 20% down, you're paying mortgage insurance in one way or another right? So even if a lender is quoting you a rate and they're saying, this is a rate, you're not having to pay mortgage insurance. This is a loan we offer. No one else does it. There's no mortgage insurance on it. There's no way they can send that loan to Fannie and Freddie and not have the mortgage insurance on it. Josh, when I say that, let's explain it in a little bit more detail for anybody out there that might be shopping for a loan, putting less than 20% down and might be having these conversations where one person is saying you have to have mortgage insurance and another is saying, no, you don't. Any loan that is not a non-conforming or jumbo loan that's going to go to Fannie and Freddie, as you said, has to have mortgage insurance. So if you're not seeing it, if you're not paying it as a line item, it is included in the interest rate. And by that, what do I mean? We've talked before on the show about getting a lender credit. You can't pay all your closing costs. So the rate is 6% today, but if you take six and a quarter, the lender will give you 1% of the loan to help you offset your closing costs. In this instance, 
maybe they say, cool, we don't need mortgage insurance, take a six and a quarter rate and we'll use the extra profit from the higher interest rate and we will buy mortgage insurance. But one way or the other, it's going to be in there. So it's either borrower paid, you're paying it and you see it on your statement or it's lender paid and it's already built into the profit equation for the interest rate that you're paying on your loan. Okay. And so before we start talking about how to remove mortgage insurance, how to get rid of mortgage insurance, that sort of thing, let's talk about how it varies across different types of loan program. I think it's important to know, depending on what type of loan you're getting, the mortgage insurance calculation is going to be a little bit different. Some lenders have upfront mortgage insurance, which I think is also important to note. So let's start with probably the loan program that's more associated with first-time home buyers than any other loan program out there, Josh, and that's FHA loan. So FHA only requires a 3.5% down payment. But in addition to that, there are a couple of things that FHA require that make it, in some cases, a little less attractive than, say, a conventional loan, which we'll compare the two here in just a moment. But what does mortgage insurance look like on an FHA loan? FHA is a great one to start with because it's going to give us a baseline for looking at everything else. And people will often say, hey, I want to go FHA because the mortgage insurance is cheaper. The mortgage insurance, for the most part, on an FHA loan is not cheaper. It's just that the biggest portion of it is transparent to you. As you said, Jeb, there's an upfront mortgage insurance premium. They charge 1.75% of the loan, and it's transparent because it gets added onto your loan. So what does that mean? You put 3.5% down, and that's your base loan amount, the 96.5% of your purchase price. But then they're going to add 1.75% of that back on, and that money goes to the FHA mortgage insurance fund. So they have a lump sum right when you close. Then on top of that, you're going to pay the monthly mortgage insurance, and that's 0.55%. We're super lucky. We just got a reduction on that for the first time in 15, 16 years. It went from 0.85% to 0.55%. So FHA, in terms of a monthly payment for all but the most well-qualified borrowers, meaning multiple borrowers, very good credit, low debt-to-income ratio, is going to have the lowest payment because an FHA interest rate is generally about a half percent lower than a conventional. That 0.55% mortgage insurance is going to be lower than most mortgage insurance premiums that we'll talk about for conventional loans. So you're going to pay 1.75 upfront. It is financed into the loan. You don't write a check for it. It just is added into your transaction. And then you're going to pay 0.55% per month. Now we should say, Jeb, if you do more than the minimum three and a half percent down, so 5% or more down, they will drop 0.05% off that. So it goes from 0.55 to 0.50. And if you're in a high cost area like Southern California, you pay a premium if the loan amount is over 726,200 in a high balance area where you can get those larger loans you're going to pay 0.75% each month instead of the 0.55%. And with that said, Josh, if I'm a buyer buying a home, I only have 3.5% down. Maybe I have more. Maybe I have 15, 20% down, right? In, in, in this example, and I still use an FHA loan for whatever reason, maybe just circumstances. I have low credit. I need higher debt to income ratios. FHA ends up being the best option for me. Do I still have to pay mortgage insurance even if I have a larger down payment with FHA? Always required on an FHA. You know, we're going to get to this, but it's probably a good time as any, Jeb. The only real benefit that you get by putting more than the minimum down is, again, at 5% or more down, the mortgage insurance monthly drops 0.05%. If you put 10% or more down, 
the mortgage insurance will drop off after 11 years. Other than that, less than 10% down, every FHA loan will have mortgage insurance monthly for the life of the loan. Nothing you can do to get rid of it. Value can double. You can make a $200,000 principal reduction. It does not matter. The monthly mortgage insurance will always remain on that loan unless you've put 10 or more percent down. Now, I know a lot of you guys are listening and you probably have decided what type of loan program you're going to do, but I, I would say bear with us as we go through these different types of loan programs. So even if FHA is the way you're going to go, and we've talked about FHA a little bit, let's talk about conventional. We're going to talk about VA and USDA, but then we're also going to do some comparisons towards the end of this episode in real terms, what it actually means, what it looks like on paper with these different types of loan programs. Because again, one thing I talk about often is talking to lenders and having them compare loans side to side. If you have a minimal down payment, maybe you have five, 10% down and you think conventional is the best option. And in most cases it probably is, but it's always good to get a comparison side by side with another loan program out there just to see what the numbers look like so that you can make the best decision. So with that said, bear with us here. We're going to go through conventional and a couple other programs, and then we'll give you some comparisons and answer some questions around removing mortgage insurance. So Josh, conventional loans, what do we look like with conventional? So probably the best thing that we can say, Jeb, about FHA mortgage insurance is it's simple. Right. No. It's sure. if you qualify for the loan, we look at your down payment and this is what your mortgage insurance is. Now on a conventional loan, we're going to start looking at a ton of different factors. So let's start by saying on a conventional loan, we can have your option of three different types of mortgage insurance. Most people don't know you can pay a single premium mortgage insurance, meaning you pay a lump sum at closing, one and a quarter, 1.75, two and a half percent at closing. And then you don't have monthly mortgage insurance. You just paid that lump sum up front and you bought life of loan mortgage insurance for your I lender. Know you could. So it's cool. Keeps your payment down. You're going to pay more at closing, but keeps your payment down. Problem is it's a sunk cost. There are refundable mortgage insurance policies, but again, you're going to start to see it gets fairly complex. What I can say is these are not done very often because most of our first time buyers don't have an extra lump sum sitting around and there's other things we can do with it. If it's a 2% upfront premium and you're putting 3% down, maybe we're better doing 5% down and getting to a lower mortgage insurance rate. So what are some of the other things that we look at on a conventional loan? I shouldn't say that. Let's say, what are the other options on a conventional loan? We have the monthly mortgage insurance. So you don't pay a lump sum up front. You just pay it monthly. So that 0.55% on an FHA loan, you have that option of just paying the monthly. So nothing gets added into your loan. You're just paying a monthly rate. We also have the option of a split premium where you pay a smaller amount at closing and it reduces that monthly payment or it reduces the coverage that's required. I can't tell you when the last time was that I either did an upfront premium, single premium mortgage insurance or a split premium. They can be used and they can be used successfully. There's a time and a place, but 99.9% of conventional loans are done with monthly mortgage insurance. And the reason why we talk about numbers never lie. The reason why it's really important versus you saying, I've looked at it, I want to go conventional, I hate FHA, or I've looked at it, FHA is better for me, I don't even want to look at conventional. We need to look at it because there's a number of factors that go in. When we plug into the mortgage insurance calculator on a conventional loan, what are the things we're looking at? Loan to value. So the more you put down up to 20% where it goes to zero, it's going to go lower on the mortgage insurance. The higher your credit scores go all the way to 800, the lower your mortgage insurance is going to go. If there's two borrowers, it's going to go lower than a single borrower. The mortgage insurance company likes that we have more than a single potential failure there. One borrower gets hit by a bus. No one can make that payment. There's two borrowers. One gets sick. The other one can hopefully still make those payments. 
We have property type. It can be a little bit more expensive for a condo or a two, three, four unit building versus a single unit building debt to income ratio. So we've talked about, we did an episode just a week or so back, Jeb, that you can go as high potentially as a 50% debt to income ratio on a conventional loan. If you need mortgage insurance, it's going to make your mortgage insurance more expensive. So since I cannot tell you a number of what mortgage insurance would look like for you with a 3% or a 5% down, let's talk about a range. The lowest mortgage insurance I've done in the last 12 months, I'm not saying this is the lowest anywhere, but I haven't seen a quote any lower than this, was 0.11%. Very well-qualified borrower putting 15% down. The worst I've seen, the highest I've seen in the last few years, had a borrower buy an investment condo a few years back, and he had pretty darn good credit, but that was, I think, 1.45%. So it tells you a pretty darn big range of what that monthly mortgage insurance could look like. Now, you guys often hear me either here or on YouTube, pitching the idea or trying to get you to guys to believe the idea that you need to get pre-approved versus pre-qualified. You need to go through the full process when you're talking to a lender, when you're planning on buying a house, even though it might be a little bit more tedious up front, might require a little bit more work up front. And this is a perfect example of why, right? If you were getting qualified to buy a house, pre-qualified, if you will, talking to a lender, they didn't ask for any documentation, they didn't really run your credit. They just ask how you thought it was. Yeah, it's good. It's fair, whatever. And you're putting less than 20% down. They have to be able to calculate that mortgage insurance. So unless they're super accurate at guessing your profile, your credit score, you know, the type of prop, everything about you, chances are that mortgage insurance quote isn't going to be accurate. So just make sure, again, there's a lot. Josh just mentioned a wide range, over a full percent in the lowest versus the highest. In fact, it was more than that that could impact your monthly payment. So it's super important to make sure you're having that conversation up front, right? Just to make sure you have an idea of what your total expenses are gonna be when you're planning on buying a house. And Josh, this is something I'm sure we're gonna talk about just by putting an extra two to 3% down, right? So conventional has an option of putting 3% down to buy a house. Often cases, when you compare that 3% conventional option to FHA, FHA ends up being the better option, just because the mortgage insurance on that 3% down option is so high. Whereas by putting a little bit more money down on the conventional loan, it may work out that the conventional loan's better, but more often than not in the calculations and the conversations we've had, a lot of times it's between five and 10% down to make that conventional loan a quote, quote, better loan in terms of monthly payment. And a lot of it has to do with that mortgage insurance. And the fact that mortgage insurance now is less expensive on FHA, it almost makes FHA a little bit more attractive in that sense. But FHA has its own guidelines and requirements above and beyond what we're talking about here today. And in fact, that's probably something we should talk about in another video, Josh. But let's talk about VA. VA is probably the best loan program out there for a number of reasons. But when it comes to mortgage insurance, it really is at the top of the list. A thousand percent. So there is no monthly mortgage insurance. That's what people love about it. Since there's zero down required with a VA loan, how does VA insure against the risk of a potential default? They charge what they call their VA funding fee. It is the exact same thing as an upfront mortgage insurance premium on an FHA loan. You can be exempt from paying that VA funding fee. If you have a service-related disability of more than 10%, 10% or greater, you don't have to pay that. All other veterans will pay this upfront VA funding fee. And it varies on a number of things, whether it's the first time you've used it or you're using it again for a second time, and then also how much you're putting down. 
We just talked about super cool that FHA just reduced their monthly mortgage insurance premiums. VA just reduced their funding fees. So after April 7th, we're looking at, it went down from 2.3% to 2.15% for a first time use with no down payment. So your typical, what do we think of as a VA borrower? They're not putting down, just got out of the service, they're buying their first home, that's 2.15%. Now, if you sell that house and you come back and you wanna buy another one five years from now and you still have zero down, they bump that up, it's gonna be 3.3%. So that can go down to as low as one and a quarter if you put 10% or more down or zero if you're exempt. But cool thing, you pay it up front, you don't have to pay it out of pocket, it's financed into the loan. So to borrowers, it's essentially transparent that they're not paying anything, but that's how they cover the risk for VA loans. Now, good stuff. The last two programs to talk about today before we start getting into some questions about removing it, USDA. How does it set up on USDA? Different percentages, but exact, exactly like an FHA loan. So you have an upfront premium of 1% instead of 1.75. So significantly cheaper than an FHA loan, even though you're putting zero down. And then instead of that 0.55 or 0.50 monthly, you're looking at 0.30 with the USDA loan. So very affordable mortgage insurance for a loan that requires zero down payment. So we talk about if you're VA eligible, 99 times out of 100, you're going to use VA finance because it's the best option for you. If the property you're buying is USDA eligible and you meet the income limits, probably also going to be the right route for you to go with financing that property. Awesome. And then lastly, let's talk about jumbo loans. Buying $2 million house, putting 10% down. Again, it's just throwing out numbers, not saying it's accurate, but how does mortgage insurance look on something like that? Jumbo loans are all over the place. Some lenders, many lenders, I would probably say more than not in the jumbo space require 20% down. They don't even do them with less than 20% down. So those that do, they want to insure themselves against risk. They can do it a couple of ways. They can just charge a higher rate and they say, hey, we're going to make more on all of the loans and we'll eat the losses on the few that go to default. They can charge more on the loan and take some of that profit and buy mortgage insurance themselves or they can charge monthly mortgage insurance. The monthly mortgage insurance is not that common on jumbo loans, but it's also not totally unheard of. So you could see any of those options if you're putting less than 20% down on a jumbo loan. Good. So the most common question I get, Josh, in everything I do relates around mortgage insurance is how do I get rid of it? When can I refinance out of this property and get rid of the mortgage insurance if my property is appreciated? Can I refinance out of an FHA loan into a conventional loan and get rid of the mortgage insurance? If I have mortgage insurance on this loan, at what point can I get rid of it? How much appreciation, how much equity do I need in the properties? So FHA, we talked about to start with, right? The only time that comes off is if you put at least 10% down when you're buying that property, and then it falls off automatically after year 11. So FHA, pretty simple. But with that said, Josh, if you have an FHA loan, you put less than 20% down. So that mortgage insurance is on it for the life of the loan. How would one at that point get rid of mortgage insurance on an FHA loan? The only way to ever get rid of it other than the 10% down and falling off automatically at 11 years is for you to refinance out of that loan into another loan program that does not require mortgage insurance. Truly the one and only way. And Jeb, think about this. From 1982 until about nine, 10 months ago, we were in a 40-year downtrend in interest rates. So this wasn't that big of an issue because just wait a year or two and you'll have a refinance opportunity where you can get the same or better interest rate than you currently have. And if your property is appreciated, get rid of your mortgage insurance. Right now, 
I had three borrowers in the last 10 days reach out to me. Hey, I've got this loan. How do I get rid of my mortgage insurance? I look it up. We did an FHA loan for them and they have a 2.75% interest rate or they have a 3.1% interest rate. Even with the older 0.85% mortgage insurance added on top of that, the effective rate is well under 4%. And any loan program right now, we're above five and a half, six percent best case today. So there is no way to remove it and improve your situation. No one wants to remove in mortgage insurance just because they're removing the mortgage insurance. They want to remove it to make the monthly payment more manageable. And that's just really not possible with FHA loans right now. Yeah. And one thing we're going to talk about here in a moment when we're going over some numbers, some real numbers on the program, I should have mentioned this earlier in the video because it is super important, is the idea of waiting until you have 20% down so that you can avoid mortgage insurance entirely versus buying a house with a minimal down payment, FHA, conventional, whatever it is, getting into the house, paying mortgage insurance, what that looks like, right? Because a lot of people ask that question, should I wait until I have the money to put down or should I just bite the bullet, if you will? And that's a common phrase used when talking about it. Should I bite the bullet and do it now? So just hang with us here in just a couple of minutes and we're going to dive into that in a little bit more detail. But Josh, when does it automatically fall off? If I don't have the ability to refinance, for example, say, say I have a super low rate, right? Say, so say I have a conventional loan now, I put 10% down and I was lucky enough to get one of those rates at 3% or under 3%. And let's just say my house didn't appreciate like crazy, which most people that ended up with those rates ended up with appreciation as well, just because of the timing of the market. But let's say not, let's say I don't want to get rid of that rate. When am I able to get rid of that mortgage insurance? So it will automatically come off when you hit 78% based off of the original value, your original purchase price. And when the lender goes to take that off, they do have to verify a couple of things. They have to verify you've been current on your payments, no 30-day lates in the last 12 months, no 60-day lates in the last 24 months. Then they also have to verify that the property value hasn't decreased. So we also have another very unlikely situation where before you get to 78%, but once you've hit 80%, you can reach out to the servicer and say, hey, I'm at 80% now and ask them to remove it. They're going to do the same thing. Verify you've been on time for the last 12 months. Verify the property value hasn't dropped and you've hit 80%. They will get rid of it. So if you're super on top of it, that tiny little window between those two, you can reach out and request it. What we get more often, Jeb, is people saying, hey, home value has gone up a bunch. I want to get to my lender and make them take this off. We can do it after two years. So they can require that you have it on there for two years to prove that we have that payment history, that you're making it on time, and that something has happened with the home value there. So at that point, they can do a broker price opinion to prove the value. They have some automated system that can tell them what the value is. If none of that supports what you think the value is, you can generally order an appraisal and hopefully get rid of that. So that if it's been between two and five years, we have to get it all the way down to 75%. After five years, they'll do that at 80%. Now that is for owner-occupied one-unit properties or second homes. If we're talking owner-occupied two to four units or any investment property, got to be all the way at 70% there. So those are the big things with a conventional loan of when you can get rid of it. So it's a cool feature. It's one of the big check marks in the favor of conventional if we're looking at FHA versus conventional. FHA is generally going to have a lower payment because the lower mortgage insurance plus lower interest rate, for most people, lower mortgage insurance and a lower interest rate. 
But conventional, the things that it has in its favor is you don't have the upfront mortgage insurance premium that gets added on to the loan amount. And at some point you can get rid of it. So we have to weigh all of those things. If you're talking to a loan officer and they're not at least showing you both of them, like a lot of times I'll show it to a client and they'll go, that conventional looks terrible for me because my monthly mortgage insurance is 1.1% and my rate is a half percent higher than an FHA. I would never do that. Others be like, you know what? That payment's about $30 more, but my loan amount is $7,000 less. So those are the things that you want to be looking at when we're comparing conventional versus FHA and deciding which one is right for you as either a first-time buyer or a minimum down buyer. Got it. So we already discussed VA, no mortgage insurance, so no need to have this conversation. USDA, how does USDA differ from what we've discussed so far? It doesn't. Same as FHA. You're going to have that for the life of the loan. All right. So now let's talk about some actual numbers. Minimum down, what's needed, what payments look like, what mortgage insurance looks like. But before we dive into that, Josh, let's have the conversation here quickly about the idea of waiting to buy until you have 20% down versus buying now. And let's start with an example. An example would be, and this is a real life example of a client who purchased a home during, I don't know what year it was, Josh, you could probably jump in there and give the year, but during 2020, 2021, at an FHA loan, was fortunate enough to see the property value increase within, I think, a six, seven month time period to the point where they could then refinance out of that FHA loan into a conventional loan and have no mortgage insurance at all. And the reason I start with that example is because had they not just ponied up, bought the house and waited until they got the 20%, they would have never been in a position for one to buy that house, right? They still would be saving. Secondly, they would have never reaped the rewards of the appreciation and in turn ended up with a lower monthly payment than they ultimately started with because of everything that happened. Now, I realize probably a once in a lifetime opportunity with how quickly things change, but the moral here is more or less the same. And that's the idea of getting in the game versus sitting on the sidelines. So Josh, what are your thoughts on it? What I want to look at, so that for a lot of people around the country who may be listening, it was like a $710,000 purchase and it went up to $800,000 within seven or eight months. So legitimately, that's best case scenario mm -hmm. in terms of how quickly you can refinance, rates cooperated were even lower. So best case scenario. But let's look and, and try and draw some parallels to someone in the current market. Say you're looking at a $500,000 home and you only have 5% down. 5% down is a good down payment. You saved up $25,000 plus some closing costs. Now, if you say, no way, I hate the idea of mortgage insurance, I'm not doing it. I'm going to wait until I have 20% down. So we got another 15%. We need to save another $75,000. Let's say you were a really aggressive saver and you could save $3,000 a month. I mean, that's an aggressive number. I don't know many people that can save $3,000 a month, but if you could, we're talking 25 months, a little more than two years. Now, historically, homes over the last 70, 80 years have gone up nearly 5% a year, 4.7, 4.8, somewhere in that number. You and I have talked, Jeb, we think after a few years of above trend growth, I think it's pretty reasonable we can expect a few years of below trend growth going forward. But let's say in that situation that homes go up 2% a year while that person is saving up that money. We've gone up about 5% in total over those two years. That $500,000 home is now five twenty-five, So they still don't quite have 20% down and they didn't get to benefit from that $25,000 of appreciation. And they didn't get to benefit from the principal reduction of at current interest rates. You get at least three, four or $500 going towards principal over 24 months. We got maybe another $10,000 there. So this is not an advertisement. If you're listening at home to say, Hey, everyone should go out today and buy a house. 
for that person who thinks that it's going to be more financially advantageous to put this off and save aggressively, I would question that. I would want to look, um, make a reasonable projection of what you think appreciation is going to look like, a reasonable projection of what you can save and see how far down the line you're going to be and what you're likely to miss out on principal reduction and potential appreciation in the interim. People think, you know, really negative thoughts about mortgage insurance. It's a very positive thing. It allows you to get into a home without having to take up all the time to save a 20% down payment. It's the price of doing business. It fair to say? And I want to stress what Josh said. This is not a push to get you to go out and buy a house. It's about being the right time in your life. It's about being comfortable with the payment now, right? Not comfortable once the property goes up and the mortgage insurance falls off. Comfortable with the payment now, having some money in the bank, having a longer term time horizon. The example we gave was a bad example in the case that happened in six months. It might take you five years. It might take you seven, eight years, 10 years, depending on where you live in the country to get that additional appreciation in that property where the mortgage insurance falls off. So again, we gave you an example to use for the show that helped us show what we're trying to show here, but understand it's different for each person by when it's the right time in your life, because that's ultimately what you should be shooting for. And if that requires you waiting a little bit longer, saving a little bit more money, so you're comfortable with the payment, so be it. It is what it is. So Josh, let's give some real examples on what a minimum down looks like for a median purchase price at the moment, 467700 That was the Q4 of 2022 number. Since then, it's come down, trended down a little bit. But when we're talking these numbers, Josh, what are we talking with regards to credit scores? Are we talking multiple borrowers on this? Because all of that stuff is going to play a part and I want to give accurate information. Yep. So let's start with the easy one. Talked about FHA. Doesn't have all those variables impacting what your mortgage insurance looks like. So if you put 3.5% down, it's a 451 and change loan amount. That upfront mortgage insurance premium of one and three quarters percent amounts to almost $8,000, $7,898. So despite the fact that you're putting 3.5% down, you end up with a 459 229 loan amount. Now at that current reduced 0.55% mortgage insurance rate, it's $210 a month. For that $500,000 minimum down FHA purchase, $210 a month. You also paid that $8,000 up front, so we can't ignore it. You're going to ignore it when you're writing your check every month because they're subsidizing the lower monthly payment, but it is a real number. You have less home equity. So let's roll through a conventional 3% down. That's really the big alternative to an FHA purchase. And when we look at that, 3% down gives us 453669 I want to give you a couple of different examples to show you how widely these rates can vary on the mortgage insurance for two somewhat similar borrowers. If we have two borrowers, husband and wife, 740 credit score buying a single family residence, they have a reasonable debt to income ratio under 40%. It's going to be 0.47% a month. That's only 177.69. So it's cheaper than the FHA mortgage insurance and they didn't have that upfront premium. And but let's remember half a percent less down. Yeah. Yeah. So let's remember though, something here that kind of goes against a conventional, it's generally about a half percent higher interest rate. So we have 0.55 on the MI for the other, we have 0.47 on this, but once you factor in the higher interest rate, it's about 0.97. So we're still a little bit higher. You have a slightly higher monthly payment, but like you said, you put a lower down payment and you have more equity in your property despite putting less down. So for a lot of people, they look at that and go, I like that 3% down conventional much better. Now let's look at the same scenario, but we got a single borrower, 
he comes through, he's been living the single life, doesn't have bad credit, but he doesn't have the great 750, 760, 780 credit score. We had a 680 single borrower, same debt to income under 40%. That jumps to 1.35%, going from a 740 credit score to a 680 credit score, two borrowers to one borrower. Those are really the only variables we changed. That's $510.38 a month. For that borrower, Jeb, there's never a question. This is, that, that borrower's going FHA. It's just, it's a monster difference between the two payments. And then you didn't even factor in the higher rate. You're just talking mortgage insurance there. So if it's another half percent, like the first one is, you're talking 1.85%. And so the difference is going to be astronomical. Absolutely. And Jeb, we didn't even factor in the recent loan level price adjustment increases. That 680 score has always been punished on a conventional loan, whereas it's considered close to, if not the best tier of credit for FHA loans. So borrowers that are good borrowers, good credit, 680, 695, 715 credit scores, most of those people are going to be looking at going FHA versus conventional because that monthly payment is going to be so much more manageable. Now, I want to do the same example, but with 5% down. So same sets of borrowers. We're going to do the same couple and the same single borrower, same credit score, but just to show you how much putting the additional 2% down will reduce it. So we get a loan of 444,315 with 5% down. It drops from 0.47 a month to 0.30, which drops it from 177 to 111 a month. 111, I mean, look at that. Versus what if I put, say, for two, three years to get that additional 15%, I saved that $111. I have more than that going to principal every month. So this is why for well-qualified borrowers, I want them to run the numbers and see what the mortgage insurance rate is and what that monthly cost is before they say, no, I want to save more because I don't want to have mortgage insurance. Most people have no idea what that number looks like. Now let's go back to our single guy with the 680 credit score. His drops from 1.35 down to 1.03. Still likely in that situation, I'd say go FHA and save the extra one and a half percent. Go FHA, take that extra one and a half percent, pay the upfront mortgage insurance premium out of pocket versus financing it. Any way you cut it, we've got a number of ways to make that make sense. But what we're seeing here, the more you put down for the most well-qualified borrowers, a 10% down with a two borrowers and 750, 760 credit scores, it's going to be 0 0.2, 0.25% mortgage insurance. You put 15% down, it's getting down close to 0 0.10, where it's almost a non-issue. Now, granted, you're putting more down, you have to be well-qualified. Now, when we talk about the people that are impacted by high mortgage insurance rates, may want to look at FHA or may want to look at coming up with some more money to put down, it's anyone, once you get below a 700 credit score, conventional mortgage insurance, and now their rates with the changes to the loan level price adjustments start getting expensive. Now, and for anybody listening to this, wondering what the hell are these guys talking about, all of these numbers, I'll actually take these examples and I'll put them in the show notes here so you can actually grab them and see exactly what we were talking about with regards to credit scores and how that impact the, the mortgage insurance and what have you. Now, if you're listening to this and want to get more detailed on it, talk to a lender. That's what we always recommend. Talk to a mortgage professional. There's a link in the description of this as well that will get you in touch with somebody that can guide you through that process. That's ultimately where you want to end up if you're considering buying a home regardless. But Josh, we mentioned VA, again, no mortgage insurance, so it's really simple to calculate. But lastly, let's end on USDA because there are some people out there considering USDA loans. The USDA, again, is awesome. Instead of adding $7,800, $7,900 to your loan amount, you add 1%, 4677 onto that loan amount, and then your monthly mortgage insurance is only $137. So USDA is awesome. VA is awesome. If you qualify 
and your property is eligible for either of those options, pursue them. But when we get back to this question of FHA versus conventional, you have to weigh all of these things out. How strong are my qualifications? Am I comfortable with the upfront premium? How long do I think I'm going to be here? Do I think it's important that I can remove this mortgage insurance at some point? With rates at 40-year highs right now, Jeb, I shouldn't say 40-year highs, 30-year highs, really, we're going to get a window of opportunity for most of these people to refinance. So if in five years, property values are higher, there's probably going to be a window to refinance out of them, but there's no guarantee of that. So the question just becomes, how important do you think it is for you to have the ability to remove your mortgage insurance later? Because for most borrowers, other than those that are absolutely super, super well qualified, the FHA loan is going to have the lowest monthly payment for you. No, so hopefully you guys have got some valuable information out of this. If you're new, this is the first episode you're listening to. We've done detailed episodes like this on things like the loan estimate, things like the down payment, just to give you a bird's eye view of how all of this works. So be sure to go and check those out. If you're new to us and listening to this episode, there's something we didn't address, you want to address, you can always reach out. And on top of that, if there's something you want us to cover when it comes to buying a house that you want more detailed information on, we would love the opportunity to hear that from you as well, because that's what makes great shows is giving you guys the information that you want to hear so that you can make, you know, educated decisions when going through that process. So again, we appreciate all the, uh, the support you guys give us, all the likes, the thumbs ups, the kind remarks that you leave us. Keep doing it and we'll keep delivering. So until next time, adios. Thanks for listening to The Educated Home Buyer. Want to connect with us or to a local expert in your area? Please reach out at theeducatedhomebuyer.com slash expert. If you found any value today, please be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. In addition, we ask that you share it with your friends and subscribe to us on YouTube. And make sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening.